0: The product is only really 50% of the battle. The other 50% is you have to look at this product and think, how can I create a unique brand and a unique marketing angle to this? And that's really what then turns it into that winner that can become a viral hit. You know, We had like 19 million views on one video, on one video alone, and was able to scale that in from zero to 1.9 million in just six months time. And that's just the power of finding a product on Ecom Hunt and then using branding and unique marketing to turn it into something more.
1: Hi, so we're here. We're back this week, Ecom channel with Ariel Ben Solomon. And this week, we are very pleased to have Nick Peroni with us, a well-known dropshipper in the niche. And we're gonna sit down with him and get some real great value tips from him right now. If you don't follow him, make sure you check out the links below that we have to check him out, to learn more about all the knowledge he has. And don't forget to follow our channel, and like this video okay nick maybe say a little bit introduction yourself because maybe some of our people that are using e they're not familiar with you so much you know just like some little bit about yourself
0: yeah thank you i appreciate the introduction and for Having me on the new podcast show you guys are doing. So if you guys don't know me, I got started in dropshipping back in 2016 with Shopify Facebook ad model. That's where kind of my bread and butter has been. And I did really well with it. So I started a group called Ecom Empires, which I've been growing for the past four years. It's now over ninety-two thousand members. And it's been amazing to just come up in drop shipping. I love the business model. I've been able to travel the world and just kind of achieve that freedom that I want and help a lot of other people do that as well and this year i've really started focusing on one product stores as we might get to talk about with the story with ecom hunt where i had a product with 1.9 million dollars in sales in six months earlier this year so yeah it's been you know drop shipping still an amazing opportunity and i'm excited to be here to talk with you and share some good value hopefully
1: so maybe do a little teaser about that because i know that you talk about that in uh, other other platforms about how you use that ecom hunt product and you basically built a one product store off of it, and then it just like took off. Maybe say something about this, because people are kind of confused about should they do a one product store, niche store, or general store? I guess all of them can work, but maybe some convert better than others. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic question. I would agree that. To- They can all work, but the general store model, I think, is really becoming a thing of the past. It used to work. I used to do it. I helped a lot of people do it. But I like one product stores now because when you do a one product store, you can really create a micro brand around that product. You can create really good marketing, really good perceived value in the product so that it raises the perception in the mind of the consumer when they're on there, the trust in what they see and how they buy into it and believe it. So, Yeah, the product that I found with Ecom Hunt was earlier in the year. It was a home and garden product. So it was somewhat seasonal and had already been on Ecom Hunt. And I have a partner in a team. And so he was actually the one that found it and we built this one product store. But what's interesting, and this is why I love the one product model, is that this product had already been on Ecom Hunt for one, maybe two weeks, you know, so people had seen it. It was already there. So people could have been testing it already. Exactly. And this is like one of the key mindset things that's so important to understand in dropshipping is it's not just about the product the product is only really 50% of the battle. The other 50% is you have to look at this product and think, how can I create a unique brand and a unique marketing angle to this? And that's really what then turns it into that winner that can become a viral hit. You know, we had like 19 million views on one video, on one video alone, and was able to scale that in from zero to 1.9 million in just six months time. And that's just the power of finding a product on Ecom Hunt and then using branding and unique marketing to turn it into something more.
1: How did you know that it's a winner? How do you know when a product's a winner? Like, you know, a lot of people say if it's got some consistent sales and testing for like, you know, getting three, five to sales a day, you see it's consistent. I don't know, what do you say? What's a winner?
0: I look for proven products. So one of the things that has really become a shift for me over the past year or two, as I've evolved in dropshipping is understanding that you can look at products that are proven and yeah, that does mean sales, right? So you can see this product has sales, it has good reviews and it solves some sort of problem or provides a lot of value in some sort of way, whether it's making people's lives easier or more convenient or solving a challenge for a mass amount of people. Like these are the baseline criteria of understanding if a product is good enough to try to create some marketing around. So for me though, the idea of the winning product is not just in finding something that's proven. It's in seeing a product idea that works and maybe other people have sold it and had some success, but then thinking, how can I create something around this. Maybe how can I niche it down to a specific group of people? Or how can I create a brand around it that is going to have much more higher perceived value in the brand? And then that's what really I think is the driving force that turns it into the winning product based on having something that's proven, just seeing that you know it meets basic criteria and evolving it through your marketing. I see.
1: I see. Now, what do you say about the platform to use? Uh, Some people are saying, oh, one product store maybe could work better on ClickFunnels or stay on Shopify. Or, you know, what do you, you know, those are, I guess, the two main ones where people could use. But what would you say, people?
0: Yeah, I I think that any platform can work ClickFunnels or (laughs) Shopify. I mean, I use Shopify, but ClickFunnels, Shopify, or even WooCommerce, some of the other platforms out there that are kind of easy drag and drop builder because they, the platform is just really preference of how you want to manage your inventory, manage your orders, manage your fulfillment. You know, really on the front end, the formula can be the same, right? Like if you're following a formula of the type of content you're creating and the type of product description, having social proof, you know, all these things that you need. I mean, the platform can be interchangeable, really. What do you say about how do you know, like when you're going to choose a price? see, people are looking on
1: where and they're looking for product and they find a product. How do they know they should go right to the one? Because you're experts. You can probably sense something's going to work or other people are going to want to test it maybe or you say you you do test or you jump right to the, because you know, it's a lot of work. People building a one product store, right? You got to get a domain name, build everything around that. And then let's say it doesn't work and you got to like tear it down and do it again. You know, so what do you say about, you know, maybe more beginners that are doing it? How can they protect themselves maybe from that? Or is there no way basically to do it?
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I deal with this since I've started teaching this one product idea to people because the testing part is kind of a cornerstone of drop shipping, right? People want to test products. But the problem I see with that these days is that general stores are just kind of not really working as well. Not to mention there's things like Shopify and Facebook that are really starting to crack down on some of these general store type things. So to get to your question, I have two part answer to that. One is, A three-part answer, actually. One is going just in-depth in the product research, right? Making sure when you look at a product, you're not just being random, but you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, this is proven because it solves this problem. I can sell this for at least a $25 markup and know that I have a profit here. And, you know, I know that this applies to this group of people, like really having a set of criteria and being specific about what you're doing. The product research part is the hardest part of the process really because it takes time. The more time you put in, the less products you have to test in my opinion. The second thing is I would say you can build a minimum viable store. So maybe not go through everything, maybe not set up all your abandoned cart emails, maybe not go through like making everything look perfect, but set up a quick and dirty store that meets the basics. It's probably not going to convert too well, but it's enough to see, do I have something here? When I run this video ad, am I getting good CPC, good CTR? Am I getting good traffic on my store? People are interested. So you're not wasting as much time maybe, and as much investment in testing. Yeah, and number three, I would say, look, you just gotta do it, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. the, the the ones that win the prize are the ones that work the hardest. So yeah. if you gotta build 10 of those stores, then build 10 of them, you know? Like, what are you out for your time and your money? It's the same thing as if you build a general store and test 10 products on a general store.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree, and a lot of people are watching, you know, you gotta take action. A lot of people like watching videos, and more videos, and it's like addicted, but, And then you got to do it. You got to learn doing it. If you don't take action, nothing's gonna happen. What else do you say about in terms of how you build a store? In terms of like, for example, is there any certain things that you try to be careful about to increase conversion rate in general? Like when you're building a store, like general ideas that people should be aware of. What do you say about that? Yeah,
0: for sure. Let me give you guys kind of a little bit of a glimpse inside. So when we set these up, mostly like if you've watched any general store training, most of the stuff is going to be similar. But the thing here is with a one product store is obviously it's only one product. So you still obviously need to focus on a good about page, tracking and shipping page, FAQ, all those things are the same, right? But the thing about the one product store is because you're taking that product and you're creating a brand name for it. Like say, for example, if you have a, you know, like a hair, what's that product? It's like a hair curler thing. You know, you could make a name for it like Spinny Curly and you make a site called spinnycurly.com, right? And everything on that page now, that product is not just some three-in-one hair curl or straightener it's the spinny curly every image has a logo on it it's referenced all throughout you create a special product it, it, so it's
1: like a real brand
0: it's like a exactly. brand it, it creates this higher perceived value in the mind of the user and so the other thing is though you're setting up the product page like a typical product description if yeah. you guys have watched any training you want a, a nice long format start with emotional benefits pictures gifts all these things that make a really good description you want reviews of course you want social yeah. proof that you can import from aliexpress edit and make them look nice but what we're doing is also setting up on the home page a basically like a long form sales page which is not new i mean affiliate networks do this all the time with top performing products or offers is they set up a long form sales page. So you'll have like your header and then maybe two to three image text blocks that are all hitting on some kind of major benefit point, right? With an image and a text, the headline, that kind of thing. (laughs) Then you have the featured product and then reviews underneath. So these are all things. Oh, and I always like to start also on the homepage by highlighting a few reviews at the very top, just Uh. with like, again, three images or something. So then what we're doing is with the ads, taking like at least 10 audiences and testing them both to the homepage and to the product page and always retargeting to the product page. And you'll find that some audiences convert to the homepage, some convert to the product page. But by doing it this way, you're able to really test and create a lot of good audiences that you can work with to start finding what's working Um. and getting purchases to scale.
1: That's interesting. That's new. I haven't heard that thing before. Also tests going to the home page and to the product page. So that's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the home page is set up like a long form sales yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times the home page converts better than the product page, to be oh. honest.
1: Do you do a special programming formatting of the Shopify store? You just use a regular theme, or how do you do that?
0: Yeah, a lot of people would be surprised to believe that we are just using the debut theme. We're not doing anything Nothing anything crazy, crazy or specific. special. You know, I have I'm I'm not going to say that you can't get more advanced to increase conversions, but yeah. on these one product stores, just with the debut theme, I've seen conversion rates at 4 to 5% pretty steadily.
1: Wow, that's interesting. So general store, you, you, you'd say like, don't even try that anymore.
0: So, I mean, well, I'm not going to say don't try it because I'm sure there's going to be somebody yeah. out there that says that they're doing it and it works. I'm just saying it's getting harder. And I think the writing on the wall right now with, with the way Shopify and Facebook are going is that it's going to continue to get harder to run that kind of store. And also consumers are getting smarter. And I know for sure, like, I'm not saying it's wrong to test products with a general store, but I know for sure, no matter what, that when you have a winning product, it's always going to convert better and scale quicker if it's on its own one product store. And I'm also not saying people shouldn't do a niche store because I believe that one of the best ways, like if you have a product and you really like it and you really want to build this brand, then of course, one of the best ways that you can continue to scale is by starting to expand the product line.
1: Yeah. So, so you would have other products as upsells on your one product store or how would you do that or just leave it mm-hmm. alone?
0: Oh, you do yeah, area. for sure. There's two versions of the upsell. So, one of the best upsells for a one product store is just more of the same. And so, we're retargeting people to the product page. And on the product page, we're using a volume discount app. So, you know, save 10% if you buy two, say, like yeah. that kind of thing. And that works really well, actually. Yeah, those work really it. well. Yeah,
1: on my store, that works really well.
0: The, the bulk yeah. The bundles,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And then also post purchase upsell. So, yeah, it's always good to have a post purchase upsell in there as well. Uh, that's interesting.
1: How do you say, oh, let's change a little bit in terms of the COVID and all this stuff. How has it changed your thinking, maybe in terms of shipping times and stuff like this? Is it changed the way you do the logistics or are you basically just doing the same how you always did it?
0: Well. So what I do is I work with a fulfillment company out of China, but it's basically testing products like anybody. But the difference is I'm working with a fulfillment company that has like a special line shipping. So they have better routes than, say, just going like Oberwell or AliExpress or something. It's a special line shipping. It's more expensive, but gets there, can get there in basically seven to 10 days from being shipped. So of course, in the beginning, when I'm just strictly drop shipping, there's still a point where you have processing time because you're not stocking inventory. Uh, But when working with a supplier, Once you're getting enough orders a day, I'll start bringing inventory into their warehouse there so that I can get 24 hour processing time. And then they can even do custom packaging as well. So like it works really well and almost becomes a cross between drop shipping and private label because you're sending out custom packages, which are not expensive and you are stocking inventory. So you're getting quick turnaround times.
1: So you would say even go, so you don't fear using the shipping service or the service where they're kind of taking care of a lot of stuff for you in terms of them taking away from your margin and stuff like this, this doesn't worry you.
0: No, goes- because I like to sell products that have a good margin. One advice I would give to especially new people that might be getting into drop shipping is find products that have high perceived value so that you can have at least a 25 $30 markup on the product. That way you can afford your shipping and you can afford your Facebook ad cost per purchase.
1: Uh, Would you ever run a product that's uh, breaking even or losing a little bit just because you're getting that email data and that, or would you just cut it?
0: Not for the email data. I mean, in the beginning, if it's breaking even, but the ad sets look like they're amazing, I'll keep running it because I know that... If you're testing heavy, you might not be profitable the first couple of days until some of those audiences really start to identify themselves as winners and you start to scale them. But I'm not, no, I, I'm very much a direct response marketer. I like to make money on the front end, and that's where most of my scaling is done on the front end traffic.
1: But the back end, you're still doing well with the one product store, right? Because you can still... Mm-hmm. Sure. yeah the score customers that already bought right you can recover on the back end
0: so I mean you're still getting yeah exactly. Exactly. Still retargeting, still building an email list, still able to sell more stuff and still getting, you know, I had um, the store that I referenced earlier that was the the ecom hunt product that had like a 10% return customer rate. So definitely still able to bring people back in. But yeah, I'm just saying that because I think dropshipping is still something when you have a high perceived value product, you can make really good money off the front end. And then, of course, you build the back end so that you make even yeah. more money and build even more of a business.
1: What about going even more higher ticket than what you're talking about? I mean, some people say it doesn't work so well. Some people have tried it. No, like you go even more, like $100 items or even more. Or do you say you think that creates problems? Because I found sometimes the price is very sensitive. Sometimes, you know, I noticed that even like a few dollars, like if you're testing a product, sometimes I was testing probably $28. And then mm-hmm. it wasn't selling so well, and then you just move it like a few dollars down, and then all of a sudden, boom! So it's like I don't know. I find sometimes the price is very sensitive. What do you think about the in terms of the pricing and maybe high ticket,
0: and then that? Yeah, that's. That's a good question. So for me, I really think that the sweet spot when you're running like social media traffic is 50 to to $100 because that's a sweet spot that somebody can make a purchase without really thinking about it. It's not breaking the bank. When you start to get, I don't consider like 100 to 250 really high ticket, but it's starting to become a purchase where people have to think about it. So I think that the one product formula can work. I don't really sell products at that price, but I've seen stores and I've talked to people that do. It's just more, you need to really be on point. You need more, content you need heavier remarketing because when you're getting to be a higher purchase price especially on social media traffic if you're using google search traffic it's different because maybe they're you know bottom of the funnel already they know what they want but if you're doing the impulse buy traffic you might need to have more touch points before you convince somebody to all of a sudden I'm scrolling on Facebook and now I'm buying a $200 product, you know?
1: What do you say about people that are, you know, some people are saying that that's maybe a better way, you know, they're talking about high ticket drop shipping, using domestic branded suppliers, using Google search. Because like you said, they're already, you know, people are already searching for it. So in a way it's kind of easier than what we're doing in terms of Facebook, because Facebook, you know, you're interrupting people while they're scrolling. And if you're using Google, people are already searching for your product, right? So do mm-hmm. you see, what do you see in terms of people like debating which is a better method? Because they'll say people that are doing the high product, they'll say, look, I can sell two items a month and be profitable and you have to sell 300. So you have also more work and you have more this and that. But I don't know. What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I think they're both good. I mean, look, I've never done the high ticket Google model, but I'm friends with Ernest Steps. He's kind of well known for that. And we've no, done good. events together. Yeah, we've done events together. So I know the model, I've seen it. I think it's a little bit more challenging, a little bit more closed entry because you have to have a reseller's license. You have to get approved by manufacturers. Like you really have to have like a lot of stuff in order to get it. Whereas drop shipping is very open, just uh-huh. find a product and you can start selling. And I do like Google for the stability and I've run ads on Google for drop shipping, like display remarketing and things like that. But I also typically haven't seen, I like scaling, right? I typically haven't seen too many people scaling to like really big numbers really quickly with high ticket Google ads, drop shipping. And that's not to say one is better than the other. But for me personally, I love the Facebook marketing stuff where you can go from zero to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars a month very quickly when you tap into the right audience.
1: Yeah. That's interesting because the the people who like to use the high ticket Google method, it's kind of more evergreen consistent. They can kind of keep, Mm -hmm. but you don't get that boom you know, that you do in Facebook. Would you say that in terms of testing, what would you say? People are also debating whether you should do CBO or ABO. Just do it all on CBO now or do you still test? Some people say test both. Some people say go the old way. Uh, What do you say on test in terms of testing, which way to go?
0: So I've been using the same method now for all of 2020. It's been working really well for me and I've shared it a lot in some of my videos. I test with ABO still. I've always liked testing with ABO. So I like to look for at least 10 audiences and as i said already i'll set up two campaigns one of the homepage one of the product page same 10 audiences in each campaign and then $5 a day just broad interest and test that way ah, and still, then when still i see,
1: $5, still $5 cuz some people are saying it's it's too little now you have to go to 10 or
0: whatever fifty twenty, 20 but yeah like People that. say, okay, so still $5 a day. And this is a method, by the way, that can get you zero to over $100,000 your first month. I was just doing this again this month, October, brand new product. Unfortunately, it wasn't a product I found on e month this time. But brand new product, brand new store, zero to $149,000 in about three and a half weeks. So I always like to test. Now, the more aggressive you go on the audiences, the more you're going to be able to find more winning audiences, right? So what I'm looking for with the ABO is just finding winning audiences. And as soon as that winning audience has at least three purchases at at least the three times ROAS or it's profitable, whatever you want to say, then I will duplicate that into its own CBO. So... I've been calling that my CBO jump method. I duplicate that winning audience into its own CBO, make five copies of the audience inside, five identical copies, set the CBO for $100 a day, and then see how it performs. If any ad sets inside don't work, I turn them off and I just let it optimize for the ones that do work. And the thing is, when you're testing 20, 30 audiences, if you get like seven, eight audiences that over the first three to five days are proven to be winners, you move them into CBO, you can very quickly go from zero to $1,000 a day in like a matter of a week.
1: That's interesting. That's great. I don't want to take too much of your time, so we'll wrap it up there. But you guys definitely check out his Facebook group. That's huge. Check it out below and you can get more information and you can follow him. And Nick's got a, the One New One Products course. So you can check that out and he kind of teased that now. So if you're interested for more, you can get it there. So Nick, thanks for being with us today.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.